Hi, this is Jesse Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Kristen Kong of us. Uh, sorry. Today, we have Kristen Kong with us of Campbell Workshops, and she's from the UK, and we are super curious about her recent paper flower journey where she started a YouTube channel and just opened up her own shop all in the span of, what, like nine to 12 months? Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> uh, it is super amazing. So welcome. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Jesse and Queen. It's just like amazing to be involved in the paper talk. I've heard about it, seen about it a lot, and then I can't believe I'm invited to, uh, <laughs> to talk with you as well. It's amazing. We are so excited to have you here with us. And I really can't wait to hear about your story, how you started as a paper artist. What is your background? So basically, I technically have never done paper flower before. And until like a year and a half before. So basically, I am actually a textile designer. I mean, I studied textile design in the UK. So I I was here when I was 17 and stay here since. So I technically... I study like mixed media. So everyone asked me, do you know any like textiles uh, or fabrics? I would say like, "Eh, not really, but yeah, I do (laughs) know a little bit. But actually I would work with a lot of materials or like recycling materials. I always, my aim is to like give second life to the uh, waste material. So that was my Mm -hmm. main thing during this whole, my whole, I would say my whole life in a way, in in my whole head of wood. Yeah, so basically that was kind of my background. <laughs> so how did you, when did you first discover? So basically I have tried to do, so I, okay. So basically I have never seen a prey paper flowers before until I actually need to prepare for my wedding. So the, when I decided to have a wedding reception actually just before lockdown, so we're planning for it for in the March in 2020. And then everyone know that pandemic happened. So basically, I do not have my wedding reception. And then so for preparing the wedding, I actually uh, make, try to make a theme is called Magnolia. So I want to make some decoration for my wedding. So I say like, okay, I need to try to make something because I don't want to spend too much money on it. And now I'm creative. I should be able to manage it. So that was the first time that I actually make paper flowers. So to be fair, I actually did have a research on like, okay, what paper flowers or how does it done? So actually I did come across like Christine flower design. I think quite a lot of people would know about her. So I mm-hmm. glimpsed through her step-to-step tutorial and said, like, okay, that's more or less, I kind of understand, cut the paper, color the paper, and then mm-hmm. form the shade, more or less, that would do make a flower. So I decided, okay, so I researched her also on the style of the flowers and like colors of the real magnolias and make my version of it. So that's basically my start and my beginning of paper flower journey. So... That was my really first time that I make paper flowers and work with paper. 
and understanding how it works as well. So because of that, I actually make over like 100 magnolias and one meter, like a flower wreath for decoration. <laughs> but, but the thing is, the wedding obviously got cancelled because like, actually my wedding is on the 28th of March, which is one week after the pandemic kind of hit, like the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we managed to push it forward and then we just able to register and that's about it. So everything else is in my living room. So like (laughs) everything has not been seen. So it's just for me and my husband to look at. So yeah, it's kind of sad, but to be fair, it kind of started my paper paper flower journey quite um, straight away because if Mm -hmm. without my kind of trying to make my flower decorations trying to just like trying to yeah so if I okay I'll try again yeah without trying to make the flower decoration I would not try to step into the flower paper flower world so I think I'm Mm -hmm. quite grateful that the pandemic hit in a way and then give me more time as well yeah that's interesting because I mean like (laughs) Uh, Quinn and I both came out of weddings, out of weddings. Me, my own, you, your brothers, right? Actually, and another bride. Another bride? Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, wedding flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like uh, flower, paper flowers kind of associate with like wedding quite a lot because just because it's like, it's a long time decoration, you don't need to kind of worry about too much and then you got your own style, can like make as much as you want it so I think Mm. that's why it's so kind of popular so Mm. yeah I I think like for me it's like magnolias is quite tricky to get or I just I feel like that it's not easy and then I really want (laughs) you have to cut someone's tree (laughs) exactly (laughs) to be fair I don't really want to like really hurt the you know don't want to cut down somebody's tree either so making (laughs) it always the best way to solve this problem Oh. Yeah. Yes. Sure. And magnolia flowers, they don't last as well. They bruise quite easily. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Reason why they don't put them in, in bouquets. Mm-hmm. They probably don't last very well out of water. I mean, like, look at the stems, the branches, essentially. Yeah. So, like, have, keeping them hydrated, I, yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's so interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, I suppose a blessing in disguise <laughs> having the pandemic take place immediately after you know you're making a ton of magnolia paper flowers how actually I mean now that you say you know you jumped right into paper flowers because it gave you some time how did the pandemic affect um, your employment because you were on a sabbatical and as and that gave you time to work on paper flowers yeah so basically before I step into a paper flower world I was also a jewel, uh, jewelry assistant uh, as, as well as a sales assistant to sell the jewelry as well so at that time I actually do have like more or less a full-time job to to support myself and then so I really do not have much time at even I want to do something so but then when the pandemic hit my husband would say why don't you just make like a video tutorial to put on YouTube so like to actually do something during this time because we have no idea how long this is going to last and then so at the same time I also started the my first video just the first week of the lockdown and then I actually started my Magnolia 
a tutorial and then also having so and afterwards I also have like new tutorial every weekend and tune now as well so that kind of keep me very consistent and very busy at the same time to explore my style so so yeah <laughs> that's amazing it's amazing that you can crank out tutorial after tutorial week after week because I feel like a lot of people they get bogged down by the details too much and creating tutorials there's a definitely a different mindset is when you start cutting the petals, you're constantly thinking like, how can I explain this in a better way? So people of various uh, levels of skill can understand and also learn from you. Are are you a natural teacher? Would you say? I would say teaching has been in my blood really, because even now I also teach like um, some students to get into like art university. I kind of improve their portfolio and like to add my perspective, like how I see things and then kind of like how to teach them to achieve different things. So I think I've been doing kind of teaching job like on the side for quite a bit of time. And then I, I found I found teaching is quite fascinating because like every time that somebody really, actually people really appreciate it, how you teach them and they can actually achieve it as well. I think everyone is really happy afterwards. So it's like amazing thing to to share my skills. And I also design the tutorials that is much easy. So all the tools that you have in the house, like I only use like, I don't have any crazy tools. I only got like paintbrushes or pair of scissors, some basic craft tools. So for everyone to just should able to get it in the house. So I'm, so my idea is to design it as simple as possible so that like even my husband can do it because like Lewis is not so Lewis is my husband he cannot really do much about with her with his hands so <laughs> so he's a great painter and a very creative person but 100% not with his fingers so that's why I really want to um so he's actually a great model for me to say like Okay, let's make my flower together, and then he actually made your test subject. <laughs> yeah, I love fair, that. <laughs> I did a like a tutorial kind of video in August, and actually asked him to do it on my birthday. Say like, it's raining outside. There's nothing to do. How about just do a uh, flower with me? Because there's no much of motivation for him to make a paint flower with me in no reason. So then I. <laughs> This is like my excuse to get my birthday present and say like, come on, make it with me. And then we actually <laughs> film it. As well. I love that. So everyone can see that like he actually managed to do it. And then even though it's not as like refined in like cutting papers or petals, it doesn't really matter because once you put it together, it's more or less look like a flower anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. like it's your style in it. And then you kind of like, Everything doesn't have to be like perfect. Even the flower world, like the real flower world, they don't really have the perfect ones because some of them probably have a little bit of burn or like a bit mm-hmm. of like tear or something like that. So there's no perfect flowers in the real world. Only us paper flowers make is actually make them more perfect than it looks like. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we expect more than Mother Nature expects. <laughs> creations true. right yeah people yeah. would say like sometimes I got comments like 
it looked better than the flower that actually in my house. <laughs> I guess like we can't make it perfect, then why not in a way? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. I do like that you you're thinking about, you know, what the what your target audience would be, essentially somebody who is like your husband maybe somebody except maybe who is interested in making paper flowers uh, but might not have you know a gambit of tools in their toolbox but just simple ordinary things that you might have gathered from a lifetime of just you know having household things so I love that you're coming from that perspective and so for your YouTube, do do you know if a lot of the people who do watch your YouTube, your YouTube channel, are they beginners? Are they people who are just like, just heard of paper flowers and they're like, you know what, I want to learn? Or is it kind of like, oh, they discovered you and they're like, oh my God, that looks so cool. <laughs> that flower is more beautiful than the one I have. I want to make it. So I think for my YouTube channel, it's difficult to tell because like there's not such a survey to see like who they are, exactly what their skills level. But I do have people just like some of them could be just like purely enjoying like how I say, how I do the whole process. It could be like therapeutic for them to just watch through the whole process. At the same time, maybe some of them do ask me very technical skills. So I think it's a definitely a mixture. So because like, how the YouTube work, you kind of need to search them and mm-hmm. and then you get click on to go like um show it to you so you click on it. So I think you have to kind of need to look at those kind of videos until they actually show them to you. So I guess most of them will have a bit of uh kind of acknowledge of like paper flowers that exist and then maybe want to actually make it too. Or maybe they're just for like one time, uh one time make it. Because I do have a lot of like customers for mine would be just like uh, purely want to make it as a hobby just like one time or just like making for a, a wedding bouquet for his uh, the friends and things like that so it wouldn't be like 100% like skilled people that watch my video I do have mm-hmm. a lot of people that might be just trying to make it the paper flowers so it's quite important that my video is quite easy to follow and then um, <laughs> accessible yeah very accessible and then also like as a video it's much easier than the photographs I think because sometimes mm-hmm. I think photographs are from my own experience to, to buy like craft kits or do like even origami when I was a kid I can't really understand diagrams like even photographs sometimes it could be challenging because like if you don't have much of perspective on what you're doing that might not convey the like tell you everything or in details Mm -hmm. so in video it's technically it's right in front of you and you can't really escape from it so you can edit out like some kind of bits that you actually didn't did right but then still the whole process is kind of right in front of you so you can keep repeating it and then until you get the kind of uh, method so I think it's quite important that I actually use a video method to to it's quite important for me to use a video method to show my kind of step-to-step tutorial Mm -hmm. I agree (laughs) I I mean I've done both (laughs) I'm shooting my book I'm gonna tell you it was crazy how long it took to shoot just the photos for it yeah like it was because and edit it and to make sure it's in focus and to make sure that the shot is like salinatory like you said it's hard to kind of 
it's hard to ex- for people when they read and then also look at the photo. If it doesn't match, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. Then it's a waste, right? Then really, it's not comprehensible. So when I was shooting it with with photos, with like I would say, okay, this paragraph of instructions needs this photo, but I had already made the flower half half of the way, right? So in a way, video honestly, it's nonstop. You just make it <laughs> and explain it at the same time. And it probably would have taken less time just to do it like that than to stop every single time, take a photo or take a couple and then keep making the flower. And then the next part, oh, stop and take a photo. Like you have to readjust everything, all the light and everything, every single step of the way. And yet with video, people actually love video because like you said, it keeps their attention. They're watching someone else do it. They don't really have to read anything. Like they don't actually have to comprehend in a different, translate the words and images into something comprehensible in their mind. They can watch and understand quite easily. So Yeah, I totally understand where you're going. Yeah, I understand from. your yeah. pain as well with your photo taking photographs. We got this day we have the reel in Instagram. Oh my yes. god, you should do like uh because mm. we need to do the kind of time lapse. So I have to also do like one step by step and then like oh it would take forever because just because <laughs> to be fair, time lapse is already faster than what you're doing because like you have to be like right angles and everything that mm-hmm. one is just it's quite annoying because you it took you much faster to just to make the flower itself but then you have to take a mm-hmm. picture one petal per petal Every single it was time. kind of yeah. it was like <laughs> painful really it's like it's like two cameras at the same yeah. time <laughs> yeah but it, the, the, it's the interruptions coming back yeah yes you need yeah. those like long lenses the fast shooting where it just takes seconds <laughs> and then you can like yeah. it up. <laughs> I, yeah. up and like, I just want that one single <laughs> <laughs> but you take your long time actually... go through them as well. it's just like oh my yes. god oh. Yes. oh man real but you know the it... interesting part is like there's a different uh skill set when you're writing out step-by-step tutorial versus thinking about how to film things so it's clearly understandable through a video system. So it's really interesting that your right brain, your left brain has to work together to give the same output. And it's so interesting because, you know, Jesse and I are doing the Awesome Blossom and we're writing step-by-step tutorials along with filming things in front of a live audience and to be able to like break it down and do it. It just takes a lot of skills that I feel like a lot of people don't understand. And it yeah. takes life a lot of practice. Is difficult. Yes, life is difficult. It is. I mean, like, life it's, is super difficult because for it me, is. it's like, I, I can edit it so which means I will film the whole process I make it and then I tr- I edit afterwards and then also write the script afterwards so it's not like live that you have to know exactly what you're saying because I could mumble a lot in terms of if it's like in real life it, it I think it's really challenging for lives so yeah so I would say in YouTube videos it's much easier because you can just edit the script <laughs> afterwards and Title. Yeah. So yeah, it's actually much easier. Yeah. Do you edit your own <laughs> videos? Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Actually, it's quite weird. Yeah, people will not understand like how can you do everything by yourself? But it's definitely a one-man band. So I do everything myself. So I design my paper flowers, all the templates, and then you. Yeah, this is actually my schedule. Okay, what I'm going, what I'm do, what I do every. Yes, week tell us your process. Is, okay, <laughs> my whole process of the week. 
So first day, normally I can only spend maximum、uh, a day or a half to finish a template. So I need to figure out what flower I want to do, and then design a paper flower, kind of more or less test it out. And then okay, next day I will have to make the video. So I have to set up the whole kind of structure, and then just make the paper flower. So the whole thing is kind of there because you kind of know what you're doing, and then you just make it. So and then the kind of third day, you kind of have to edit all the all the footages, and also half a day maybe just like add some like things that haven't been filmed properly or some little. Kind of final bits that you have to film on the third day, and then after that you have to edit it as well. So by the end of the third day, you kind of have to put it together, write the script, voice over it, put it back together, tune the color, add the subtitles, and then you can、uh, render it. And rendering the video is actually talk about like forever. How long it is? But some of the, the Patreon ones is like almost an hour long. It、yes. is like. Two hours, four hours, or something. So、yeah. in between bits, I can't touch my computer as well、mm-hmm. because, like, you just have to let it be. So、yeah. I would just do my stretches, do my yoga, do my Pilates, <laughs> and then that's about it. <laughs> yeah, until it's done. Okay, okay, I will move on to the、um, YouTube one, so I can make it like because I'm doing the Patreon one that's longer, YouTube one slightly shorter, more kind of abstract. So and do the YouTube one done, and then I have to do whole day almost on just like social media and create the templates for like、uh, downloads or like the kits and stuff. So it's basically five days gone, and then it's just <laughs> crazy.、Uh, yeah, people、yeah, don't understand how long it takes, but it definitely takes me at least five days to figure things out. But which、yeah. means I would love to spend more time on creating a paper flowers in terms of like. Design or like just like to have a better template or have a better shape. I just could not have that luxury to、uh, because of this intense weekly tutorial. I don't really do not have the luxury to actually make them super perfect. So I have to like say like okay, this is about time. I think it works. I will always ask my husband saying like is it okay? And I say okay, that's okay. So we just progress the other bits. So yeah, having a weekly tutorial is definitely not easy. So you kind of have to compromise and just be quick, basically. So it's it's like really crazy, brainstorming every week. So it's challenging, but I manage it so far. So <laughs> you ever take breaks, holiday? <laughs> I really kind of like struggle to go on holidays because I feel like I got this commitment. So like. Kind of feel like、uh, feel bad if I do not put a、uh, video of the week, but、I、have to say last week I actually gone away. So this week I just kind of have to have some <laughs> old re-edit ones because I just could not. It's a family thing, so I have to go. But really, I try my best to、um, even like work it ahead. So I prepare like two videos in a week and try to work out as quick as possible, create a video and edit later that kind of thing. So I can have a little bit more spare time. But really, every month probably I can stay to hang out with my friends. Maybe like twice a month or something maximum. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's challenging. So、oh, you have、yeah. to say to my 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 people and say like,、oh, sorry, I can't be available this week, and I will be back. <laughs> so I always feel sorry to say that though. An entrepreneur in the making, right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> when we talk about your equipment that you film, do you use like an iPhone? Do you use like、um, some sort of camera? And what lighting do you use? Okay, so normally I really just use sunlight because like、uh, daylight is the best lighting, and I. But the it's getting it will get so it will get、uh, a bit challenging because UK is going to come into winter time, so all the light is going to gone by three or four maximum. So then the video footages cannot be that beautifully done because like, I have really even shorter time frame to film. So I, to be fair, I'm just using really normal light bulbs to like kind of a、uh, in between white and warm light bulbs. So they are kind、mm-hmm. of more kind of try to mimic the natural light, but、uh, it's still not the perfect. Sunlight is the best, and I just use my really bad <laughs> bad camera. I do not have a good <laughs> camera. This is a camera that is almost from at least five years ago. So I do not have really. Really strong equipment. This is actually from my dad, <laughs> and my dad said, "Like, oh, I, I used to have one of those." Yeah. yeah. So that is like doesn't even have like、um, um, time lapse or anything. Just basic, really basic.、Yeah. So I would really want to invest in、uh, one slightly better quality, so you can have like a clear images. But for the video so far, it is still okay. Like you can understand it. It's not too bad in quality. So I just basically used this camera so far, and I'm trying to definitely improve on that. But you, I just don't think you need that much of like equipment to actually start、yeah. it. I mean, I do use my iPhone for just like just normal taking pictures or like time lapses, and I use my iPhone. But iPhone have such a big volume of footages that I don't think it works very well to. To go to upload to my computer, it just take too much space. So I just decided not to use my iPhone for that purpose. So it's only for taking pictures. So it's ba- very basic. I have really most basic <laughs> equipment. I have, but that's the best. It's like I love that you didn't put a lot of barriers for yourself to actually make it happen.、Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people fault is like they don't know how to start, and so they、mm-hmm. don't start. And I just love the fact that you came. This is what I have. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do it. All right. Here's my schedule. And I feel like you're such a structured person that you know you're doing this day, this day, this day. Bam, you're done. Yeah.、And、I think people、um, take too long sometimes to wallow、mm-hmm. in the mistakes and to think, oh, I, I need to refilm that because it's not perfect. And you're like, you know what? This is what I have. I have to move on because I have the next video after me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And at the same time, I I have to say, like, I actually also have a part time job. So, paper flowers take about five days, right? So I got another two days. So I actually still, <laughs> before the pandemic, I was a jeweler assistant. So I still work as a jeweler assistant and also work in a kind of selling market as well. So I still have like a stable income in a way. So it kind of secure. It's a bit more secure for me <laughs> to to do my own work as on the side. So I actually spend two days to work for money and then five days in the paper flowers. As well, so that's why it's really tight schedule. So I have to make sure everything go on at exactly the right time 
and everything is on schedule, then I'll be fine. So yeah, so <laughs> it's going to be very challenging, especially in the November. I'm going to do like five physical markets, and then uh, so which means I should prepare stock, and at the same time I need to like create kind of new items, and then the same schedule mode. So I still have exactly the same schedule that I got basically seven days full. So I have to figure out how to spend more time. Out. <laughs> endless energy you oh do you probably can stay up and do overnighters not that I encourage you to do I really can't I have to sleep about 11 I'm like I sleep like a baby type so I sleep really early and then uh, yeah I don't think I can stay up late at least I can spend a bit of time like after dinner or something when my husband yeah. decides to go on exercise or something then I got a yeah. few more hours to do my thing but uh, yeah. so I would say like can you just not come home yet I still got things to do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does help when your husband is a workaholic or does has his own hobbies so you can focus on yours <laughs> I mean, he's also a workaholic, so he got his studio at the very least. So we don't have to stay in the same same place together. So I'm just staying in the house, and he go to his studio, and then he can just like uh, come home later if I need to. So, for example, today we have a broadcast, so I asked him to come later because so we can do our own thing. <laughs> It's so funny. I'll share with our listeners. So my husband, you know, with the pandemic has been working at home and right behind me is um, his office. And my husband, he's like yeller. He likes to argue with people. And so for longest time before I had these foam panels to kind of buffer down the sound, you could hear him through the walls. And I'm like banging on the walls like, oh my God. <laughs> why? Because you're too loud. Everyone can hear you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's gotten a lot better. He did go back to work for a little bit, but now because of the Delta variant, he's back at home again. And so we have a much better rules in place. Like, okay, here's my (laughs) schedule. This is when I'm recording. And so he's been very good about having his meetings outside of our recording time. <laughs> That's better. It's about cooperation here. It, it really makes a difference. Yeah, it during does. the lockdown, basically, me and a husband is like try to stay in the house. And I do not have a big house. I only got a flat, so which is a one-bedroom flat. So which means I lay out this table right here that is in the bedroom. So you can see my bed over there. And uh, mm-hmm. I just open a fold-up table to actually do my thing. So you really don't need that much. So you just need a table and a couple of tools and you can f- figure things out. So yeah, my husband's <laughs> work in the other room. And then uh, when I say I'm going to voice over my thing, please do not flush the toilet, move your chair or anything like that. Just like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We know your pain. Yeah. It's funny. It's so hilarious. Oh my gosh. So yeah. you you do voiceovers over your YouTube um tutorials. Was that a decision you made because it's you feel more comfortable with that? Or was it just like a logistic? I would say I I okay, I would say like in the beginning I did try to do some craft tutorials and I thought like I have to do my voice at the same time 
And I realized that it dragged too long. It just like become like a few hours tutorial that doesn't work because like, you want to share um, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like it's like focus on details and then it kind of mumble a lot and then it actually not very uh, it's it's just not very descriptive in a way just like talking too much basically so um actually having the and at the same time you also have like a videos that is also a little bit fast forward so it's not like at the same pace it's like two times pace so which means slightly faster so you can't really do your voice at the same time so so that's why i have to do my voiceover and i can write the script properly so i kind of know what i'm saying and put it in a back into a video in the right position so I think that's a be- better way to do it as well interesting mm-hmm. I mean I guess whatever works for you I, I do yeah. find that when it's it seems like it is something like you have to really practice at like when you're if it's like live doing it live yeah. <laughs> right you're just doing it live recording it and like you said sometimes you're just like probably like in your own world like thinking about something and you do end up mumbling because you're like talking to yourself but it's not clear enough for the video and then you're like oh no like that seems unprofessional or that's pointless because people can't hear you um and I actually had somebody like comment on one of mine where it said oh her voice trailed off somewhere (laughs) and I was probably mumbling to myself like talking to myself about something right (laughs) because like you said that's what happens you're you're it's different it is different and I've seen videos or yeah I've seen videos that have voiceovers and it's I feel like it that is also an art (laughs) to do (laughs) it so that's not unnatural because there's some that are unnatural and I'm like "Mm, this is like they're reading a script yes yes Mm -hmm. and I'm like "Mm," it just doesn't jive with the video but then I've seen some Uh, that like do it really well and I'm like and then it's get like I'm wondering "Hmm, do they do voiceover or did they not wait (laughs) 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 oh they do it so well wow Um, but I was just curious because um yeah, I, I'm just curious how you do it because you knock these YouTube um, tutorials out so consistently that you mm-hmm. must have a routine. Like you must have some sort of process where you're like, just, okay, this, 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 this. So, but I also know you have a Patreon page. So you just recently started that? I just about started it six months ago, maybe more or less. So it's about in June or something. Because I think, like, I do realize that I do have a few, like, people that really want to support you. So you will see them, like, buying all your templates. So I realized that I do have some loyalty customers that really want to support me. And I would like to give them more kind of, so that's why I set up my Patreon page. So that I can give them, like, my insight of, like, maybe my experiments or, like, what I've tried as well when I'm doing my paper flowers until I actually finalize my uh, kind of final paper flower so so basically it's kind of it's kind of easy way to communicate with the people and also like I are able to offer them like templates so you can actually the template of each week so every week that I make a new flower they can actually get it for free as well because they pay for the subscription uh mm. They pay for the subscription. So that's why it's kind of good for um, maintaining good relationship with them. And also, if they have any problems, they can always ask me. 
although they really don't really ask me, but I try, like, I, it's open, so you can actually ask me as well. So that's, that's I started about, yeah, six months ago, and I do have about 10 patrons right now, so which is that's quite awesome. good progress. So it's just kind of a, a time of rolling the time, rolling the dice, mm-hmm. and just wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also actually can talk about... I actually can also talk about like before my, this is not my first business. Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> We'd love to hear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just thought like, maybe I can talk something else as well. So yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So basically when I was also in, when I was 18, I actually started a paper jewelry <laughs> kind of business. So cool. it's always around paper, but um. But basically, it did help me a lot in the paper flower um, business as well. Because uh, when you're 18, you don't know what you're doing. You just try to do what you think is right and just make new designs. And then um, just sell it in like markets and just try to sell it online. And to be fair, it was not the best or the most successful at the time because of the time, the time that you put into it. And then it's a bit too much to pay for flowers. Like the time you pay put on it like a few hours and then you can't charge too much because like they're paper and the people sometimes do not realize the the cost of the time versus the value of the materials so like if you sell a jewelry that is in silver you can easily sell it for like 25 30 pounds like more or less like that mm-hmm. and then, but then if you sell your paper jewelry that is for like 30 pounds they would say like but it's just paper, like mm-hmm. it's so expensive. But they've forgotten the fact that we actually spend time to make them. And then the time that we spend on them is kind of being um, neglected in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's why I kind of didn't have like the best business at that time. I do have a lot of like customers actually want to know how to make them as well. So I do have a lot of like people that say, oh, do you do workshops or tutorials to make your paper jewelry? So at a time, I do have like a seed in my mind and say like people actually want to make them. People mm-hmm. actually like making new things. So that become like, I think that probably become also like a little seed for my paper flower as a tutorial or workshop mm-hmm. than over making paper flower to sell them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's give me a great insight, really great insight on how customer behave and how people mm-hmm. think as well. So, so that's why my business model is more like uh, you learn to make your flower yourself. So it's about the experience and also like it can be a hobby instead of you just it, like process, process. <laughs> instead of you just own the flower uh, mm-hmm. in your house. So I think that's how the paper flower kind of merge into that kind of area. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, I would say a lot of our students, our paper to profit, we go through that, the mindset of our customers and our mindset on the artists themselves, because sometimes we also struggle with, yes, it's paper and the material itself is not expensive compared to like silver or gold, but the labor, the experience of coming to that level of where you can actually charge quite a lot of money from your experience and also past clients experience um, things that you've shared on Instagram and how you build up your followers. I think that's a really interesting concept about how to change your customer mindset to where they value art 
versus a craft piece. I, I find that very, very intriguing. And I'm also like wondering how that affected you when you were 18 to where you are right now, where you're teaching people how to make that happen, because that made such a big impression on you. Yeah, I think because like at that time, you was, people would say like, oh, it's so expensive. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God. Like, I, so I just realized like my people don't know, understand time mm-hmm. as much as like a person that understand how things made. So I think that's why I don't tend to make paper flowers as commission for myself because think about it, I do have seven, five days of paper flower tutorials have to produce. And then and then you I cannot really fit in any more things to do to make into like commissions. So but in the beginning, like to be fair, making tutorials that is actually more challenging for me as well. So um, you challenge yourself every week to do different flowers and try different skills. I even got a kind of painter's flower collection. So I referenced different kind of painters or artists who, to adopt in their style to make your paper flowers. So I think for that bit, it's more challenging for me. It's less boring for me. So <laughs> because like making paper flowers constantly, I find it like could be boring for me because I just keep repeating to the same process, making the same flowers that you can be exploring the uh, structures and different things, but still it's less challenging for me. I just love making new things and keep creating things. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like it's not my my type of thing. So it's kind of depends on the person really. Mm -hmm. Like you could be like, you really want to perfect those couple of flowers and make into really amazing commission for customers that could be like um, your thing but then uh, for me it's definitely the challenge behind as well to make the video in that pretty tight schedule at the same time I have to try different style at the same time that really pushed my uh, limit a little bit more so I mm-hmm. found it more interesting for myself. Mm-hmm. it's so amazing there are so many ways to be an artist right yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and there's so many things so many facets of being creative that some of us are more drawn to one thing versus another thing and so I think kind of knowing what that is you know what draws you to making paper flowers yeah like you said it might be that you're 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 not made to just crank out I don't know, flower after flower for for customers. Uh, it might be that you're more involved in the process. So there's so many ways to shape your business so that it fits your lifestyle and fits your reason for making paper well, flowers. Yeah, yeah personal. It's a huge thing. And mm-hmm. like I've been listening to like well, listening to some like marketing podcasts, and I think the thing that frustrates me about these like these these generic ways of building your business they don't necessarily speak to the person behind. And I often think that with creatives specifically, we have a very unique, we often have unique personalities that are not, that don't necessarily jive with the, you know, or the, your typical business person, the typical person who's striving to create a business to, you know, make it bigger and bigger to make money. Like it doesn't necessarily jive very well. We're not often aligned with marketing strategies uh, that work with our particular personalities and our particular lifestyles and even our target market as well. Especially now that our markets, people are so much more sophisticated about knowing when they're being 
you know, when they're being, you know, just whether it's clickbait or they're just suddenly like, oh, I'm just, you're just selling things to me. Like you're not actually giving me any value. We have no trust. I do not connect with you. And yet you keep on pushing these things on me. So I think it's so um, interesting that you're so clear about what you're good at and what makes you tick and that you've been able to shape your business in a way that is aligned with the type of people that you can connect with. Because I think we often struggle with that. Often we look at what do we want to do and who, who like we're, and then we think, oh, who, who are, who's going to buy my stuff? When really like as creatives, we often neglect the fact that we're, we don't always have a choice. We have to kind of figure out, okay, well, who out there is our market? Like, who do we want to talk to versus, you know, who would want to talk to me? Because I think that that message is different. And so for you, you're very clear in terms of who you, who talks to you, people who actually wanted to learn from you, right? Learn how to make paper jewelry. And so from there, you knew that you, there was a market for that, for people who wanted to make things out of paper. And you speaking directly to that as a result from that experience, I think that's a really great example of how you listened to that market that already exists. Like you don't have to create a new one. It already exists. And that's a perfect way of, of aligning your business with what's there. So I, I like, I admire you for that. It's not something simple. It's not easy for people to, it's not easy for people to, to, I was going to say, it's not clear for a lot of people. A lot of people don't know how to figure out who their target market is. Um, and yet somehow you've been able to listen through your experience and kind of feedback on that. So good for you. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's at a time, like even people ask about it, I kind of like thinking like, oh, but then I don't want to share my skills. And you've got a lot of worries. Like a lot of people do have like, mm-hmm. oh, would they be like doing uh, better than you? That's always like a big worry for a lot of people, even when, when I was 18 <laughs> so like mm-hmm. at a time I feel like um like oh but but then if I have workshop does it mean that everyone is going to copy my stuff and then like I would not able to do my thing so but then the thing is afterwards I realized that people just enjoy experience to start with so that's number one but then the also second thing would be like to be fair you have to be on top of your game as well so like you don't yes. need to worry about like people People learn from you. Obviously, they will kind of make the same thing as you do. But to be fair, not everyone can make exactly the same thing. Even mm-hmm. I cannot make exactly the same thing myself. Even like <laughs> after like a week, a month or something, and I'll go back to a flower and say, I need to make this one again. But then it, no, always you will find a different way to do your thing. So that's why it's kind of like I stop to worry too much in a way. So I kind of step up and say like, I would just do this because I know it will work and I just don't need to think too much. Just basically don't think too much and just keep working because mm-hmm. I don't think there's... We're m- both there's- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's... The like, like, I <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like right now, I don't think a lot of people can keep up with my time time pace because like, no, I'm so... not at all. <laughs> yeah because I'm so quick I'm so consistent so people kind of already kind of know that okay Campbell workshop is here 
and they do pay with flowers. Sometimes maybe craft, but maybe pay with flowers. So they know that your existence. So people, if they really want to learn something, they will just get back to you. So I just, I guess you just stop worrying too much, I suppose. And then like, but yeah, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> just like stop worrying and just yeah. try it. Yeah. Well, yeah. first, I think it's absolutely normal to think that to be scared that people yeah. are going to copy you and be better than you. I think that's completely natural. And at 18, the younger you are, the more likely you're going to think that way. Like you're because you haven't gained the experience to know that there's more to life than just someone learning from you and they're better than you. There are always going to be people better than you in this world, whether they learn from you or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But secondly, the fact that you talked about consistency. I think that, yes, you're totally right. Like having, I think that is your strength and your prime example of how, if you focus on one thing and you do it well, you'll succeed. And I think that's the yeah. problem that a lot of us have is that we try to do too many things. We too do many too many things. things and we can't get any crap done <laughs> Like <laughs> where we can't get anything done. Right. So I, I, I think like your prime example of, you know what, if you're just starting out making paper flowers, focus on one thing and do it well and be known for it. You only need one thing. One thing is going to make you stand out from the crowd. And it could be teaching. It could be on Patreon. It could be on YouTube. It could be Mm -hmm. teaching on IGTV. It could be just selling flowers just for weddings or just doing installation, whatever it is, just one thing, focus your time on it. And honestly, it takes time to grow. It takes time to grow because you know, it, it, that's how things go. That's the natural transition of things and evolution is that it takes time. You won't get to a, to be within, you know, a short period of time without having a ton of experience behind you. So yeah, no, it's, I think, I think you serve as a great example of what, what, you know, somebody lost you to it. Jesse, we lost you for like a good bit. You might have to repeat that part. I don't know where it was. <laughs> it's not you. We're so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But yeah, the, the kind of last few sentences got lost a little. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I was saying. I was, I probably was saying something about sticking to like finding one thing. Yeah, essentially, just yeah. find one thing that you're good at and just stick to it for a couple of years and try not to like spread yourself too thin. Yeah. Play yeah. the long game because if you're here to stay, if you're, if you're passionate about paper flowers and you know, it's going to be more than just a hobby, stick with it. Cause you don't know how you're going to grow as an artist because you want to dabble and try and experiment. And I, I love that. And I love that you took your past experience to grow what you're doing right now. I feel like your journey got shortened so much because you started out so young at you know 18 you knew what you wanted (laughs) it was it's incredible I love that so much but to end this podcast because it's been an amazing conversation what is your favorite app right now okay I have to say my favorite app will be um, it's called Canva I'm not sure if you have heard of it it's called oh yes we love Canva yeah it's just you know easy to use and then I I use them to make my thumbnails it's just like everything is kind of there as long as you already got your kind of like um, you already set things there you kind of just keep changing the photograph and then text and that's about it so yeah Canva is kind of one of the most useful thing that I've used 
for building this app as well. Like you can use it just to just like make some posts and things like that. Just like I use it on Photoshop, obviously. But then it's Canva it's got like the standard template. It just really helps you to less brainer to just make something that is look nice. So for yeah, sure. so I do definitely use Canva quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. It can you give assistant? <laughs> yeah. Since you mentioned that you use um, Canva for your thumbnails, can you give us one tip on what do you find like makes, I don't know, what, how do I phrase it? What's the best way to make a, 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 a YouTube thumbnail? Like what, what's important about that YouTube thumbnail that will draw people in? Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. In my uh, point of view, I would say like, I always have my flower in a really white background, very clear kind of image. So I always like will edit all the kind of background colors out. So even if it's a bit yellow, I would just <laughs> clean it out because like you want it to have a really sharp image. So at the same time, you want to have like quite a nice, for me, it's quite a nice, elegant that I kind of use all the time. But because like I don't want to be, too bulky that is look like a punk thing it's just like because hey flower is meant to be elegant and it's just <laughs> slightly more kind of pretty so I decided to use kind of quite elegant kind of font so it's basically just be quite uh simple and just like quite to say like yes this is just magnolia magnolia and then just like uh, how to make magnolia with crepe paper that's it you don't have to be mm-hmm. too creative with that thing because mm-hmm. like people will uh, fall into the flower that you make that is on the image. It's just like the paper flower have to be taken really beautifully, and mm-hmm. then that will work. Because I don't think, I don't think you really need very complicated kind of thumbnail thumbnails. Like because it's gonna be a tutorial after all. It's not going to be like uh, I'm going to be in the house or you know the vloggers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no background whatsoever, so it's really difficult <laughs> to, to have a really interesting image for every flower. So a nice picture of it and just good type, very clear that that would do. Perfect, That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Kristen, for being on our talk show. <laughs> thank you for having me as well. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. It was. It was so wonderful getting to know you, and I'm sure our listeners are interested in getting to know the Face Behind Camel Workshop as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just like it's quite amazing to speak with like two of the top on the paper flower. I was like exciting. I'm a little like little fan because like their paper flower is so amazing. I kind of like look up to them 100. <laughs> percent Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. <laughs> thank you so much oh you're so welcome thank you for listening to this episode of paper talk today episode is sponsored by our patrons elaine lem maria van white renee mcdowell jennifer desplantes robin bonnie slipper laura wheelie martha tokas nina linda drysdale lucinda and tina proctor we appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community if you're interested in supporting us head on over to our patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron we would love to see you there